Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Welcome to another episode of my co-hosted segment, Peace and Prosperity, with my amazing friend and executive coach, Christopher Salem. Our intention with this segment is to help entrepreneurs and business owners who are all struggling to maintain harmony in their lives, have successful relationships, health, and of course, wealth. Now, through our nine anchor transformational process, we will help you to create this harmony by optimizing all nine anchors. In this segment, we interview executive coaches, intuitive business leaders, and successful business people in an effort to give you insight and tips on how you too may be able to create the harmony in your lives that you're looking for. Our guest today is Claudio Delano, and why is she different from most guests that we interview on our platform? We're going to guarantee this interview is going to be so worth it, so stay with us today. Claudia is a marriage and family therapist, speaker, and yoga meditation guide. Her aim is to facilitate people's paths towards awakening of inner harmony and conscious being. She classifies herself as a healer of the heart and helps people transcend through periods of pain and challenge of that of love and fulfillment. She is well-versed in systematic and strength based on psychological theories and so has helped individuals, both clinical and business settings, move through the life challenges of growth, including partnerships, career, and personal development. She has her own concept called the Medicine Wheel, which is in alignment with our purpose. So we are so excited to have her on the show. So let's give a warm welcome to Claudia DiLiano. Claudia, how are you doing today? <laughs> Hi, Claudia. Hi, thank thanks you so, so much for having me. <laughs> and thanks so much for being here. We're, we're really excited to be talking to you today. Um, in regards to businesses, entrepreneurs, we know that when we are employed, we've all been in a situation where we're working for somebody else at some point in our life. Yeah. And a lot of us are unfortunately working nine to five jobs and we're kind of working to fulfill the vision of somebody else. And we've got our own dreams. We've got our own desires. We, we know what we want. But of course, because we need money to be able to survive, we need to be able to pay for food and electricity and everything else. We tend to push our own dreams and our own visions to the side. Now, what I love about what, what you do is that you actually, you do a lot of speaking. And I know you've spoken to a lot of co um, corporations like what Chris does. Chris also speaks to a lot of corporations as well. And you actually focus on the whole concept of the employees and the business owners working together and being able to take that, everything that the employee has, all of the knowledge and the dreams and the desires and, and the visions for the business and actually helping the, helping the um, organization grow. Because if we work alongside each other, collaboration is key. So what I, what I want to do to start off is I want you to go into your story and then we're going to branch into that and start to delve into how this is actually going to work. Okay. All right. So, you know, I started out as a corporate entertainment publicist and moved through tech PR, corporate PR, a little investment relations PR, 
just doing all of the things that my first degree afforded me. And along the way, I got to meet some pretty special people. I represented different celebrities and authors, and a lot of them were very spiritual in nature because they were creative. And then working in the tech space with CEOs that were up and coming at a time when you know the whole dot-com boom really <laughs> began, I was meeting another set of creative people just coming from a different angle. And I, I admired so much that these people were living absolute passion from their hearts. Mm -hmm. And it really made me take a look at myself and say, what is it about this job that I really love most? And it was connecting with people. It wasn't what I really wanted to do. Yeah. And when you face that kind of truth, you have to shed what you've built. And that was extremely difficult because it, it is hard. And it meant for me time to go back to graduate school. And uh, I, as a Latina growing up in Los Angeles in the States, that's a real privilege that isn't afforded to a lot of minorities. So it wasn't something I even allowed myself to entertain, to dream about. Mm -hmm. um, and yet it is the American dream, so to speak. So I decided it's time to really let go of everything I've built and do this all over again. And I'll never forget my dad, you know, he said to me, I think it was like 29 or something. He looked at me and he was like, oh, it's the blink of an eye, go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm old. So off I went. And I can tell you the first day I walked into this tiny little graduate school that I had selected where some of the professors had been there since the 1960s, I knew instantly that I was home. This yeah. is the path, the track that I'm supposed to be on. And from there, the whole world opened up to me. I, there were no limitations. It didn't matter. People always ask me, do you like to teach? Do you like to do therapy? Do you like to do the corporate stuff? Well, I like to do it all because every aspect of it is the same language to me. Yeah. It's, it's in the helping field. And I have all these different aspects of it that I get to share with many different populations. So nothing felt limiting. It felt like, okay, here we go. Let's, so I was on faculty, I taught and uh, you know, I started doing therapy and having my own private practice very, very early. And it really all went from there. And one day, when I had it all in a nice little bundle, I was living the American dream. I had the car parked, the mortgage in the bank, everything was set to go. My husband looks at me and says, what do you think about moving to Australia? <laughs> I remember thinking like, you know, it's like really like, you're just, you know, Thanks for that. my balloon here. You know? Like I just built this little bubble and I had to follow that gut instinct that I guess there's more to learn and mm. I've gotten safe and comfortable. And I wonder what else is going to be out there. And it did, it took me to the next level, it took me to Australia and a whole new world began of learning about these healing modalities outside of academia, outside mm -hmm. of corporate America, outside of this professional office world that I had built. And it took me to some of the best places that um that I've ever been to so that's wow. it's 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 incredible because you've you've 
lived in six different countries and you know we've spoken about this and and I've also lived in other countries as well and I think I think it's really important that we do get outside of our comfort zone and I remember when my husband was offered the positions he had three different positions to choose from and he could either go to Israel Hmm. he could go to the UK or he could go to Germany and I said to him I said well we're not going to go to Israel um and the UK they speak English so I want to go to a country that pushes me and I want to go to a country that's going to really make me they do speak English but I wanted to go to a country where it was a different language it was a different culture it was a completely different experience and I think it's important that us as we grow that we do step outside of that comfort zone as scary as it is because it actually allows us to learn so much more that if we stay within that safe little bubble that we're that we're so comfortable in um so I think I think that's great and I mean you couldn't have picked a better country to come to seriously (laughs) I'm not saying that because I'm Australian (laughs) I was reborn (laughs) she's a reborn Australian I am (laughs) well Chris have you ever been to Oz Yes, I've been to Australia about six, seven times. Yeah, not in and, a while, but I've been. Yes. And whereabouts did you go to? Mainly on the on the eastern on the side East of the country. Coast. So well, then I, you've got to I come to Perth. <laughs> I do have to come, yes, because I have a good friend uh, that back in my aviation days, uh, a guy named Jeff Thomas, older guy. He he's from Perth. He oh, Perth. okay. Cool, cool. Well, well, we'll have to set that up at some point. But um, yeah, so I think that it is really, it is really important that we learn to do this and that we do step outside of that. What do you think about this, Chris? I think it's great. I mm. I love I I love I love hearing your story, Claudia. How like you, you know, a lot of times people are afraid to take those make those changes. Yeah. Something, and here you are. You've had, and I always think that life is always about experience. And when you can overcome fears and take on new experiences and new environments. It just, in my, my opinion, just builds a lot of character and a lot of yeah. value that you could give back to other people through your example and resourcefulness. And I think, and I think something that people are also frightened of is actually that whole concept of going in a different direction. And this is what you did so beautifully. You recognize that this is not for me anymore. Um, I can let this go. I can appreciate the experience I had. I can appreciate what I learned from it, but it's not my passion anymore. And, you know, we change our passions and we change our purposes as we go through life. And, and I believe that source, you know, puts us in these situations to go, okay, this is the lesson that you're going to learn from this, <laughs> take it away. And now we're going, it's going to help build you. You're now at the next stage where you're going to be built up and you're going to be able to handle something else. And it prepared you for being able to go outside of your comfort zone and to be able to really tap into that, that true power. Absolutely. And I think that the biggest lesson for me was as a beginning clinician, I was teaching social justice and specialized in multiculturalism. So in my mind, I was helping people who had come to a new host country and were dealing with the struggles of acculturating. And in my mind, because I had been trained academically and I had an immigrant parent background, I thought I knew what I was doing. And that first experience stepping into Australia, I'll tell you, I got up the morning after 
or the morning after I got off the plane and I went to a coffee shop and the person in front of me ordered a flat white and a Vegemite sandwich. And I literally froze. I had that panic of, what did he say? Yeah. Where am I? What have I done? I didn't understand that. Of all things, a Vegemite sandwich. There you go. <laughs> That's you one go. thing. I don't know what it is. Chris, have you ever tasted Vegemite? No, I have not. Okay. Well, I have got, I've got a German friend that um, came and visited us. And I said, I've got to show him the experience of Vegemite because they do have like UK stores where they have um, Marmite. But I said, I've got to show him this experience of Vegemite. Well, he had it on some toast and I think he just about spat it out. <laughs> he was like, this stuff is so disgusting. How do you eat it? <laughs> and I think it just, but it's so enculturated in, in our yeah. society that, and that's the thing, like it, the, the states have their own foods that are enculturated, as does Singapore. So I think it's, I, I think it's important that once again, that's embracing getting outside of our comfort zone. So did you end up trying a Vegemite sandwich? I have to say not that day. <laughs> I, You're going, I what is Vegemite? <laughs> I was not quite ready. Uh, and yes, I've tried it many times. And, you know, my daughter grew up with Vegemite on toast. It's it's a norm for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny. It's But it does, it does demonstrate the, you know, in your situation coming to a new country because I felt exactly the same way when I got to Germany it was just standing in front of of people that were speaking a different language in a completely different culture and us trying to be able to do as best as we could to to get through it so I think I think that's a that's a great example so um so we're going to uh, move on to the whole concept of when we're in a business and say we're an employee and we're wanting to fulfill our own visions, our own desires. Um, how do we learn to integrate that within a corporation? Or we could be the boss that is wanting to, to build the, the productivity. And because we know that if, you know, if the employees are happy, then and they're healthy then obviously the business is going to function better so how can we help using you you've got the medicine wheel that we were talking about using your medicine wheel how can we help to create that harmony within the environment so that the both the employee and the employer has a say yeah you know it's a it's a layered question and one that I'm so glad that you're talking about here, you know, in your program, because we are seeing culture change across the globe. And it's not just related to the pandemic. We really are in a transition in terms of the vernacular, the language that we use related to wellness. Mm -hmm. And I refer to the medicine wheel because it incorporates the spiritual, the emotional, the mental and the physical aspects. And I use that as sort of a framework of boundaries that we can apply in a business setting. And I'm using words that a lot of people in business settings are a little bit afraid of, mm -hmm. right? So when I talk boundaries. about what does that actually mean? Yeah. <laughs> right? In a corporate setting. And when I talk about emotion, we have enculturated emotion out of business mm -hmm. for so many eons 
that to even think about an integration between who we are outside in our real lives and bringing that person in is really, really difficult. Now, when we talk about, you know, physical exercise, we've got, you know, sure, take a gym break, or you've got these companies that are sort of putting a few, you know, things out there for us to work with. They're fantastic. And now we're talking about mental wellness. Well, I think there's a way to bring all of that together. Yep. And yep. I'm, I'm hoping that instead of seeing so much outsourcing that's going on and sprinkling, that there really begins to be a transition where we're bringing departments in that really integrate all of this and still work with external people. Yeah. So, right? So that mm-hmm. there is that internal and external feeling, just like the medicine wheel. The medicine wheel is here are the boundaries of, of the elements of the earth. But outside of that earth are, is the knowledge, yeah. right? This is where it exists. So if we move those parts in and out together, we're going to start seeing our organizations differently. Yeah. And I know that when when the research first came out about, you know, standing desks and the, the benefits of standing versus sitting, and I know that a lot of businesses actually started implementing that within their workspaces, as did some of the schools. And they found that, you know, the students performed way better and they were less distracted and all of this. And so I think it would be great if if businesses started to recognise this. And this is what Chris and I are trying to also help with in regards to our corporate 9ATP program, where we can help them to actually piece all of this together. Because one thing that Hey there, I really hope that you're enjoying this episode and I ask that you subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes that I publish. Let me interrupt the show just for a moment to let you know about something amazing that I have to offer you. Firstly, if you haven't yet signed up for my free Superconscious Success in a Circle, then definitely go ahead and do that now. However, that's not what I'm here to talk to you about today. Today, I want to let you know about an upcoming virtual intensive that's coming up in September of this year. If you've been enjoying the content that Chris and I have been bringing you, then you are going to absolutely love what we have to offer. We've put together the most incredible three-day intensive full of content showing you how you can integrate our nine anchor transformational process to create harmony in your life and manifest the relationships and the finances and the health that you desire. You really can have it all if you know how to harmonize. Plus, I have even better news. If you're a member of our inner circle, then there's a special link in there that will actually give you 50% off the cost of the intensive up until the 31st of August. So what will you receive with this intensive? Now, we knew you were most likely super busy running your business and your life. So we decided that instead of three days of live training, we would be pre-recording content so that you could watch it in your own time throughout the day. And then we would offer a live lunchtime session with myself and Chris and some evening sessions with special guests for the VIP ticket holders. Now to sign up for this, you can head across to universalconsciousnessworkshops.com slash 9ATP intensive or head across to superconscioussuccess.com slash inner circle and get it for 50% off. Now, thanks for listening and let's head on over to the interview. As you said before, 
that businesses and corporate are probably a little bit frightened of is that whole spirituality term yeah. uh, because that should never be in corporate and yeah. the whole thing of emotional intelligence because we've been programmed that we have a hierarchy within the organisation which like right. any particular relationship, there's going to be some level of hierarchy based on knowledge and based on experience. Mm -hmm. But there has to also be a level of okay, you know, you've got something to bring to the table. I've got okay. something to bring the, to the table. And are you, you know, what is your emotional intelligence like? How is your life outside of the work environment? How may we support you to be okay. able to be on, on the, the best page that you can? And that's what Chris and I are also trying to, just like you with your medicine wheel, trying to bring into the corporate environment because, they can be so much happier and so much more willing to be a productive part of the, of the experience. I love it. I love it. And I think that we can also help corporations really figure out what their medicine wheel is. So I'm yep. not prescribing one in particular. No. While it really is integrating um, whatever their culture is that they're trying to create based on their offering, that is something that, that each company can define uniquely. But like yeah. you, I tend to think that we, we are so divisive in our ways based on habit mm -hmm. that we have to expand that. So how do we do that? Well, the way I do it is similar to what you do, which is I go in through the senses. The yeah. reason I, I do therapy, the reason I do sound healing, the reason I do yoga, you know, all the speaking, it's because I'm trying to appeal to all of the different senses in order to figure out what is the fit for you. And that's going to vary across an organization. It's absolutely going to do that. So let's bring all of those offerings together in order to help people connect not only to their personal lives, to their professional lives, to each other and to whatever their corporate goals are. Absolutely. And I love that because we are all, you know, the organizations are all very different, but we're also all biologically and biochemically different too. So what's going to work for everybody in the organization is going to differ as well right. and so by offering different strategies to the different to the different people within the organization I think can can bring up your their creativity it Absolutely. can bring up their productivity if they can connect to that source if they can connect to that spirituality then they're going to be way more in tune with their intuition they're going to be way more in tune with with what the next best step is whether you're an employee or a boss. So I think that's fantastic. And I think that's definitely something that we need to all work together um, to, to bring into the, into the corporate world so that we can have successful businesses, successful entrepreneurs and happy ones. Absolutely. Because I, I think there's nothing worse than going to a nine to five job and being miserable. You bet. You, you know, bet. and there are so many that they wake up on a Monday morning, they go, oh my gosh, it's Monday. And then they wait for the Friday to turn up. Yeah. And we don't want to see that because we all have a purpose in this world. Absolutely. And we all have, you know, and I've always said that if you're in a job right now because you need the money and many mm -hmm. of them are, you know, the States I think is heading towards a recession or, or something. Um, but if you're in that situation, you're having to do that then try and find something within your job that you actually enjoy. That's right. 
you know, yeah. whether it's just something small, you, I mean, I, I try and even just hanging the washing out or doing the dishes, I try to find some way of making that enjoyable because otherwise there's lots of little tasks throughout your day that can kind of make you dread it. We want to stay in that high vibration. So we're the most creative that we can be. There we go. Here we go. Awesome. Wow. That's, that's great. I love to hear about that. Now emotions, we did just, um, touch on emotions so emotional intelligence is really important when it comes to running a successful business so can you explain why it's so so important for us to become in alignment with um with with our emotions in terms of the success of the business well so emotional intelligence these days is is also so loaded you know mm. when we talk about about what it really means um when I use the term, I'm really referring to a quotient that says, you are enough in balance mm. with the acceptance of you. Yeah. That's the person that you not only bring to work, but the person that you take home. Mm -hmm. And the best way I can describe it to you is early on in my therapy career, there was this doctor of psychology that I really looked up to everybody did but we were all just a tiny bit afraid of her and you know she's in the therapy room and you know I, I was training so I knew that when they said 10 of you needed to walk out you, you had to finish your sessions right on time so I, I have to start my session and I've got my client with me and I'm thinking uh-oh and sometimes you would knock on the door and the young you know novice clinician would step out and sort of scowl at you like I'm not done yeah <laughs> so I think this is one of those moments and the door opens and it's this doctor and I think oh no I've interrupted her session I'm already cowering to the hierarchy mm -hmm. rather than do what I've been trained to do which is let me do right by my client I have to defer immediately yeah she says, I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. She closes the door. Later on, we're both done with our sessions. She seeks me out. She says, I am so sorry. That time was yours. That time was your clients. Mm. She said, there were circumstances that you did not need to understand. I apologize. Wow. Ownership. She took that hierarchy and brought Let it down it to and there it was and i remembered thinking so that's a display of emotional intelligence in the workplace mm -hmm. here is an exchange where she valued right what i felt like was you know the the, the intern mm. right she's the professor way up here and what she said is never i thanked her so profusely and she said never be a different person outside of that room and inside of the room with the client. You have to be the same person. And that's a whole trajectory of learning about yourself and working on yourself. And that's what we want leaders to do. We want yeah. to encourage them not to become so stressed out by these gorgeous visions that they've taken on to lead that they can't connect to the receptionist they walk by in the morning. Yeah. We yeah. want them to look that receptionist in the eye, humanize and see they too have purpose. They too have mission. And they are here supporting that vision with you today. How might I connect with you? 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I think that no matter what the position is with an organisation, whether it's the CEO or whether it's the cleaner, it doesn't matter because the fact of the matter is humanising and appreciating the work that this person is doing is so critically important. And so no matter who it is in whatever organisation, I am sure to strike up a conversation and, you know, ask them how their day is because it's amazing how many people have never gotten asked how their day is by Absolutely. people in their own organization yeah. and and it's sad because it's it's like we all work together and we're supposed to have a common vision and a common goal but as I as I mentioned at the start most of us are going to work and we're trying to help the business to fulfill their vision now yeah. say we have our own goals and our own ideas and and that that we want to take to the CEO or to our project manager or whatever it is, how can we ask for what we want? How can we get out of that whole thing of, oh, I'm just this, this little um, intern or I'm just this little mm -hmm. receptionist. I have no right to ask them. How do we get out of that space? Yeah, it involves a lot of courage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it involves a lot of risk. And what you find with a lot of people who make it through the ranks is that those are the people that took those risks. They mm. sort of went through the barriers, the boundaries, so to speak, of what they were supposed to say or how they were supposed to behave, mm -hmm. right? So, so it takes to do that, I think, a lot of self-confidence. Yeah. There's got to be a belief in who you are and how you care about yourself. And that's, that's a life process, but there are all these places along the way in our lives where we get to taste and visit how we're working on that. So if we're working on our lives personally outside, then we bring that into the corporate world or whatever workplace that is. And the way, the way I can tell you is sometimes you have to use your courage. Sometimes you have to use your self-confidence. Sometimes you have to use simply your want, your wish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it's about. I, I was a publicist and I had this author who had come to me and said, look, I really want my own TV show. And I got interviews for people. I didn't, you know, get, get them TV shows, nor did I know, you know, anyone <laughs> quite high up enough to give them the TV shows. But um, I said, I really think that you have, I was, I, I'll never forget the optimism I had in how much I admired this person's book and their work. Mm -hmm. And I took that admiration and I channeled it. And I'll never forget, I, I dialed the phone and called literally the head of some studio network. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't go confidence. Things, but I'm not suggesting everybody <laughs> does this. You know, you really are supposed to follow a protocol. But I got him on the phone and I just laid in with this super pitch. Nothing, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for what I did. It wasn't for my job. But I believed so deeply that this person had a voice and they didn't know how to communicate it. So I thought, hey, why not? You'll communicate it, yeah. Why not me? And I'll never forget the executive's response. He said, who are you? <laughs> and he said, he said, who are you? And he said, look, I am so impressed that somehow you managed to get me on the phone <laughs> and that you thought to do this. Yeah. He said, 
that I'm actually going to sit down and seriously consider what you have brought to me. I'm curious. Yeah. Why because obviously to- it must be good if you're if you're willing to go to those extremes because that takes a heck of a lot of guts to do that and <laughs> to <laughs> Yeah, and I mean we know we've we've heard of stories where you know people have volunteered to to work for free for somebody that they they have you know looked up to in order to learn from them um some of the greats have done that and I think you know Napoleon Hill I think did that um as well and I think that it's it's really important that we have the confidence and we believe in ourselves enough that we know that we're capable of doing whatever we want to do and we're capable of asking for whatever we want to ask I mean we have the right to no matter where we are in an organization so um I I really I thank you so much for that um for that story what about you Chris no I I really enjoyed what she shared and and it's so true and and I always find that when you share you you impact so many people you get you you allow them to decide what that means to him or her and how that resonates with their situation so yeah i really enjoyed hearing what claudia had to share as to this because i think it's so important in organizations because too many organizations tell people how when and why to do it and then they don't see the change but when you can share Mm -hmm. you empower people and it's always the example that that always impacts people the most not saying it but actually doing it yeah and, and being resourceful allowing people to do it at their pace. Doesn't mean everyone's going to do it, but that. But if you if you, you get one person at a time, that's what makes a shift in any organization. Moving away from from the problem to solving problems, creating solutions, and moving away from codependent behavior and communication to interdependent communication and behavior. Absolutely, and I think sometimes we forget that maybe that's what they're waiting for us to do. Maybe they're waiting for us to step up. And try to bring ourselves to the situation, try to bring ourselves, bring our ideas. And, and sometimes we forget that, that they're sitting there and going, okay, who's actually going to step up? Who's going to actually give me some ideas and, and try to work alongside me. So we need to remember that that no matter where you are in an organization, um, you have the right. It's the, it's the, the issue with organizations and I'd love to hear Claudia if you can shed some mm-hmm. insight. It's 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 like they call it, you know, CYA, cover your ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's the acronym, CYA. And most organizations, they don't they don't want somebody to step up because if they're not aware of something or not as familiar with, mm-hmm. if they take a chance and something doesn't work, now that's on them. They could be viewed as incompetent yeah. uh, or they may fear losing their job. So they're always looking to avoid to do the bare minimum. So mm-hmm. this has got to be, so, you know, an organization that is not willing, is, is willing to take a chance to make a change and, and to be accountable that, that if, if even if it, something doesn't work the first go around that we'll, we'll do it again. Cause we, you know, in order to rise to that next level, yeah. we have to do it. Companies like Zappos, why they rank top in the top five for customer service year after year is because they have that mentality. They've had it since day one in this case. Yeah. But if organizations continue to do what they're doing, they're just going to continue to have the same. And they're same never going to grow. They're never going to yeah. grow. That's the thing. We're going to stay in the same comfortable box that we've always been in because we don't want to expand because then we may fall flat on our face. But let's face it. I mean, failure is inevitable. I mean, failure is going to happen. But yeah. failures are not 
an opportunity to expand and to grow. You know, so I think that, um, yeah, I think that's a really good point too, Chris. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, to Chris's point, I really think that if you really want something bad enough and you have the ambition behind the want, the risk mm. of not asking for it creates such emotional havoc on ourselves. It does, yes. That's the real dilemma because it's, it's, it's like you're saying that failure is going to be there no matter what. It is part of the life trajectory. And it's so scary when you're depending on your paycheck. Mm -hmm. It's so incredibly vulnerable. However, the stagnation that it creates makes that paycheck devalued. Yeah. That money begins to be less and less and less. So we have to take those risks. We have to voice ourselves. And I'm not su suggesting that everybody do what I do did, you know, in my, in my early twenties, which is get up and call this, you know, network executive, but it is to go to someone that feels safe and trusting and supportive within the organization that you can begin to have this conversation with. Yeah. And I think that I know a lot of it also comes down to our programming. A lot of it comes down to our previous beliefs. A lot of it comes down to our previous experiences. And I know myself, and, and I didn't actually deal with this until years later, but I remember I was working in, an, in a company. It was a smaller company. And I was getting paid like Australian dollars, maybe 15000 a year. I was living by myself. I was paying for my own car, my own food, everything else. I was, I was pretty pretty stint with it the only thing that saved me is that they gave me a fuel card so if I if I didn't have enough for food I could go and buy something from the service station and I remember going to him one day and I said I can't keep doing this I've got to ask him for a pay rise so I went to him and I, I sat down and I said look you know I, I work really hard I was working extra hours I was I was driving dropping stuff off all over the place and I said you know can I can I get a pay rise and I remember, I remember it distinctly, he turned around to me and he said, no, because you're not worth it. Mm. That was his response. Now, because of that, for years, it stopped me asking anybody else. Yeah. It was all of a sudden, it was like, nope, I got rejected. I'm not going to put myself in that situation again. And so for years, it stopped me from asking for pay rises. It stopped me from getting outside of my comfort zone to be able to feel comfortable enough to do it and I think that's something that this is why dealing with those belief systems dealing with that programming um, individually as individual people as well as as organizations is really important oh it hurts my heart <laughs> <laughs> and it took me years that I'm going oh I started thinking to myself why is it that I'm so scared to do it because of course you push it to the back of your mind and you move on with life and you just and then I realized, I went, oh, that's the reason. Um, because once you're told that, you go, okay, well, if I do it again, then it's going to just happen again. So I had to change my own programming to go, mm. you are worth it. Mm. And just because he said that, you know, doesn't mean that it's the case. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the thing too when we're working with organizations is, individual belief systems and individual experiences play a part as well well you know to that point is something that I think about very often which is 
if you were born, there was space for you on this planet. Yeah. If there was space for you on this planet to have a life, there is space for you on this planet everywhere else. People think there's no space because all the positions have been taken. Mm-hmm. There are limitations upon limitations. There is no space because that person has more credentials. Yeah. There's no space because only 20% of the people get promoted. Well, this is our scarcity mindset, right? It really is. Yeah, it's it's it us really believing that, that it's everything's limited. Money's limited. This is limited. That's limited. Um, jobs are limited. And it's like there is there is so much out there if if we're willing to believe in it. Right. But we we listen to the news and we, you know, listen to, you know, I know over in the States you've probably got a lot going on about the recession and everything else going on. Um, you know, even the COVID times. I mean, we listen to the news about COVID and and so we've got to sort of like use our own judgment and our own intuition and go, okay, I deserve to be here. I deserve to to be where I want to be. So thank you so much for that, Claudia. We could talk for hours, but we've already gone for, I think, 45 minutes now. So, um, so Chris, is there something else that you want to speak to Claudia about or ask Claudia before we get her to let us know where everyone can contact her? Yeah, I think as we conclude the show, I just, uh, any, why would, anything you could share, like just in a, in a high impact statement, Claudia, something that, you know, like even if it's a sentence or two, that you could leave the audience with something to really not only think about, but to take action. Wow. Um, the only thing I can say is you have to be who you are and discovering that is a journey. Yeah. Doesn't happen it, overnight. It doesn't happen overnight, but it is a journey of really living in a truthful and honest way. That is self-love. Self-love permeates in every aspect of your life. If you think that it's not related to your corporate life, you're missing the whole point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it is the central, spiritual, centered aspect of our mission here on life. Let's share it with ourselves, with our partners, our families, our coworkers, and each other. Wow. Thank you so much, Claudia. That was awesome. Um, I, I have really loved having you on the show as I know that Chris has. He was, he was listening very intently, I could see there. So um, thank you so much for being here. And before we go, can you just let our audience know where they can find you? Absolutely. Um, yep. Well, thank you both. I appreciate so much the conversation you're having. Uh, I can be found at theawakenedjourney.com or alternative, alternatively, claudiadelano.com. Fantastic. Go ahead, check out her website. She's got a beautiful website there um, as I was looking through it. So definitely check out her website and see everything that's got going on because you do also deal with a lot of um, family and relationship coaching as well and a lot of spiritual um, work as well. So thank you so much for being with us today. And we look forward to catching up with you another time. My thanks to you. Have thank a good you. night. You too. Bye. Bye.